The trade deadline is here. The Denver Nuggets, will they do anything this trade deadline? Are there some pieces they could add on the outside of their main five rotation, maybe six, that will help them to make a push for an NBA championship this season? Nikola Jokic, he's currently slotted in a situation where he might be able to win his third MVP in the last four years. What does he need to do to secure that? And on top of that, the Denver Nuggets have been very good this year. But just how good have they been when they've had Jamal Murray in the lineup? And why is that? We're going to talk about all that and more here, Locked On Nuggets. You are Locked On Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, y'all? Welcome to Locked On Nuggets. This is your host, Swiper. This is your team every day so thankful that y'all are here today this has been a very 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 interesting week we are officially two days away from the nba trade deadline and this is a lot of really interesting basketball to dive into because right now the nba is a little bit on standstill so the denver nuts they have three days off we're in the the second day of this three day off stand that they get after having two home games versus the portland trailblazers before they head to Los Angeles for a four-game road trip, basically. And then on top of that, uh, they're going to be playing versus the LA Lakers on Kobe night. Uh, They're going to unveil a statue outside of Crypto Arena uh, and formerly Staples. So this is going to be a really emotional week for a lot of people. And I think there's a lot of really good basketball to tap into. So the Denver Nuggets, man, if you look at the roster and you look at the way things are going, they're actually in a really good position. The Denver Nuggets have basically the most used five-man lineup in the NBA this season. They have a lot of players that are contributing really high-quality minutes to this team. And outside of the standard five, you've got Jamal Murray, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, Michael Porter Jr., Aaron Gordon, and Nikola Jokic. They're rolling out Reggie Jackson, Christian Brown, Peyton Watson, and then sometimes DeAndre Jordan or Zeke Naji. And then they have Justin Holiday as well. The biggest player that they've been missing this year at Blocko Chanchar. Now, again, obviously they missed Jamal Murray for 14 games this season. We're going to talk about that in the third segment because they actually have been really, really, really good when he's played this year. But right now, the Denver Nuggets are in a situation where the NBA trade deadline is approaching and there might be some players that the Denver Nuggets could be targeting that can help them to make a push. So here's my thing. If you ask me straight away, Currently, as it stands, where the Denver Nuggets are, do I feel confident in the roster? Do I feel confident that they have enough to be able to make an NBA Finals push? I would say yes. I think Reggie Jackson has had some really good moments this year. I think that he has been a very important piece off the bench, that he's really allowed for the starters to continue to gel when Jamal Murray goes to the bench. But I think the only thing about Reggie that you don't necessarily love is that when he's next to Jamal Murray, it actually doesn't give them a lot of versatility, especially defensively. Jamal Murray is obviously in the playoffs going to have one of the largest responsibilities of any guard in the NBA. And because of that, he's going to be asked to do a lot on both ends. And you want to make sure, like last year, when Jamal Murray is with the second unit, that he doesn't have to give maximum effort on both ends of the court on every single possession. And Reggie Jackson is going to take a lot of those responsibilities. But some of this also is we just need to make sure that the guard that's next to Jamal Murray, that they're able to play at the level, they're able to provide quality POA defense. Now, some of this is 
there's going to be a situation where Reggie Jackson, kind of low of the midseason, when he gets to the playoffs, like 2020, 2021, he might be able to turn it up a level. He might have more energy just because he can commit to doing that more. But on the other end of this is we want to make sure that the Denver Nuggets have what they need. And so some of this is the Nuggets don't feel that they have to make a move. Michael Malone said he likes the guys in the rotation. So then after you get out to Reggie Jackson, then Christian Brown and Peyton Watson. And Peyton Watson and Christian have solidified. They're one of the best young defensive duos in the league that are coming off the bench for any team. And then Peyton Watson has solidified that he's one of the best defenders in the league already. And he has been a world beater defensively. Christian Brown has come on a little bit more of late. He's shooting better from three than he did last year. But again, as a six foot six, very strong athletic two guard, he offers a lot for this Denver Nuggets team. But then after that, it gets a little murky because there's no Vlaco. Now you're in a situation where we're having to play Peyton at the four, which he's been able to hold up against really good competition. You know, Julius Randle at times, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Kevin Durant. But they're missing a little bit of a larger body like they have with Jeff Green. And then when you get to the five, man, it gets real tough. They signed before the season Zeke Naji to a four-year, $32 million deal. And they expected for Zeke Naji to take a real solid leap as a basketball player. But unfortunately, this is arguably then the worst year of his career. And I think given the fact that they wanted to rely on him, they wanted to give him the ball, they wanted to make him more of a primary role player off of the bench, and they wanted to even see if he can play a little bit of four next to Joker at times, if need be. He just has not been able to live up to the building, and he's not played in a whole lot of basketball games over the last month or so just because Michael Malone, he just doesn't seem to be able to trust him yet. It doesn't mean that this is the end of the rope. For Zeke Naji, it doesn't mean that he cannot get better from this point. But what it does mean right now is that the Nuggets are in a situation where they need a very reliable five. But it's a trade deadline, a way to get it done. So there's a couple players for me. And please, in the chat, feel free to write players that you think, based on the different Nuggets contract situation, they have a movable salary of about $4 million for Zeke, uh, $5 million salary with Reggie. And then outside of that, um, they really don't have a lot. They have a trade exception that's for about $2 million, and they have some second-round picks they can play with, so not a lot. So looking at where they are, players that kind of fit the mold for what the Nuggets need, I think DeLon Wright. I think players like Royce O'Neal, players like Dennis Smith Jr., both of those players play for the Nets. Dayron Sharp also plays for the Nets. And then some people have proposed the idea of Bismack Biombo. It's just at this point in time, I'm not too confident that he's a sharp upgrade over DJ. But I think that for me, the most important position they can add would be a backup point guard or a backup power forward that has size on them that can offer some versatility defensively. And I think another player like that would have to be a buyout market would be someone like Thaddeus Young. Thaddeus Young is not a uh, high-level role player anymore. He doesn't have the same skill set that he used to. But the thing about Thaddeus is Thaddeus is a veteran. He knows how to play the game the right way. And he is a player that could be in a situation where he's moved. Now, he's on about a two-year, $16 million deal. <coughs> right now, uh, the Raptors are in a situation where they're trying to go very young. And because they're trying to go young, they got a 35-year-old player on their roster. Could that be a player they tried to get on a buyout market 
um, in order to get the Denver Nuggets in a situation where they're getting another power forward. That's a player I'd be looking at, or even possibly if you're swapping the Zeke Najee deal uh, for Thaddeus Young, you got to add something in there possibly to make the money work. Uh, but I think for me, more realistically, Dennis Smith Jr., Royce O'Neal, and then having a player like DeLon Wright. Now, there's been some smoke out there that the Nuggets have looked at Monte Morris. I think Monte obviously is a really good player. I think the issue is, is Monte also would be another player that defensively, it's just not the traditional type of guard you would want to play next to Jamal Murray. And because of that, there could be some things that offer some more problems. But Monte obviously did a really good playmaker as a role player. He's a good pull-up shooter. He obviously knows the different Nuggets really well. The Nuggets love him. So he will be a welcome addition back. Um, but again, like I said, at this point, Reggie Jackson has done a lot of interesting things so far this year. So when I look at a player like Dennis Smith Jr., so the thing about Dennis Smith Jr., he's currently on a one-year $2.5 million deal. He's been one of the best POA defenders in the league. He's extremely athletic, as everybody knows. He's a good cutter, and especially in the different Nuggets system, DHO opportunities, backside help opportunities, as a just using his long arms, using athleticism in face, and then being a secondary option as a defender next to Jamal Murray, I think would be another good get for them. I think that I've said this multiple times, uh, and some of y'all might have heard me say it last year, but Chris Dunn is also another player that fits that. Chris Dunn is on a two-year, $3.3 million deal right now. And Chris Dunn is another one of these players. He's on the last year of this deal, making about 2.5 right now. And again, he's 29 years old. Chris Dunn is a larger player in that, like, he's a very long, very strong, very powerful player as a guard. And that would be another one that I would like to see the Nuggets look at for Jamal Murray. So again, the names that I think that would be viable, Dennis Smith Jr., Chris Dunn, DeLon Wright. And then again, you know, they run sharp, probably a little bit outside their price range, but that'd be something to look into as well. And the different different Nuggets have been linked to DeLon Wright. They also been linked to Monte Morris. So that's it, man. What do y'all think? Who do y'all think could be some players that the different Nuggets could be looking at two days from now as the trade, trade deadline gets closer and closer and closer. And y'all, in segment two, I actually want to have a little bit of an MVP conversation. We're, we're a little bit past, obviously, the midseason right now. We're getting ready to head into all-star break. But I do think, man, that it needs to be talked about just how good Joker's been and what he would have to do to secure this award. We'll be right back here, segment two, Locked On Nuggets. So, y'all, happy Super Bowl to all to celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks, and placing some super bets. I can't wait. This is going to be a really, really interesting game. Patrick Mahomes going for his third Super Bowl. Brock Purdy, is he able to take the 49ers from being what they were in the 1990s, winning their last Super Bowl, to now winning another one about 30 years later? This is going to be a really great game. Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, George Kittle, they're all going to be there. Will the Kansas City Chiefs have enough to put them away? And then FanDuel has so many ways for you to end the season with a W or two or three. Not only can you bet on who will win Super Bowl 58, but FanDuel also has bets for which player will score a touchdown, how many points will be scored, and so much more. New customers join today and you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. We'll be right back here 
Locked on Nuggets. So, y'all, we are back here with Locked on Nuggets. This is your host, Swiper. Thank y'all so much for being here today. This has been a really, really, really good week so far. Hope you're having a spectacular week and things are going well with you right now. So, y'all, let's tap in. Let's have some MVP conversation. So, if you look currently on basketball reference, Nikola Jokic is the probable favorite to win the MVP award. He has a 51.1% probability to win the MVP award. Second is Shea Gilgis-Alexander with a 21%. Third is Giannis Antetokounmpo with 12%. Fourth is Luka Doncic with 5.3%. And then fifth is Jason Tatum with 2.5%. So as currently slotted, Joel Embiid obviously is going to be out for the foreseeable future. Uh, apparently, uh, instead of getting the meniscus fully repaired, sounds like he got the injured part shaved down. And so hopefully he's able to come back fully healthy. I hope he takes as much time as possible to make sure his body is right because a meniscus injury is nothing to sneeze at. But because of this, and again, Embiid had already missed a lot of games. He's only played, I believe, 34 games so far this year. The MVP race was very, very much between Jokic and between Embiid. And some of this is, is that Jokic has been solidified in this position since the start of the year. Remember, start the year off, Jokic was going crazy, averaging 29 points a game. His efficiency was really high, like 67, 68. And over the course of time, it went down a little bit. And so people, once Embiid started playing better, people were just like, yeah, I mean, this is going to be Embiid's war to win. But if you look at the season so far, you know, Jokic has played in 49 games. He's only missed two games this year. Jokic is averaging 22.3, 12.2, nine assists. He has a 65.7 through shooting on a year, averaging 1.2 steals, shooting 36% from three, 59% from the field, and 82% from the line, tied for the lead league in triple doubles with 15. And then on the other side of this, he has 42 triple doubles on the season. Catch all metrics, Jokic is leading as well. Um, SGA is somebody he's bringing up. He is leading uh, in the EPM. It's one of the best stats that we all utilize as well. Um, all the, the win share data, basically the per 48, the win share on the season is, is cut between these two. So some of this is SGA is having a very good year. SGA is solidifying himself that he is going to be one of the consensus top 10 best players in the world for the foreseeable future. This is going to be his second straight First team all NBA season this year. And he's averaging 31.1, 5.7, 6.6, and 65.1 on the season so far. Again, just a phenomenal season. Giannis Antetokounmpo averaging 31.3, 11.4, 6.4 on 65 true shooting. Now, obviously, the thing about Giannis is he's obviously getting most of his points from the rim, but he's one of the best interior scorers, especially at the wing position that we've ever seen. And his rim pressure is truly like, Hall of Fame worthy, just a, a wonderful player. So I think for this, Jokic is currently leading his team to having a 56-win pace so far on the year. SGA, similarly, is also leading his team to be at about a 56-57 win pace so far on the season. And they both have played the same amount of games. The Western Conference, though, is going to be a dogfight because currently the OKC Thunder are sitting at the number one seed in the Western Conference, the Nuggets are a half game back of them. And if you look at the standings right now, there is a five and a half game difference between the first seed and between the fifth seed. And the fifth seed, Sacramento Kings, 
They're a full five games behind, five games behind the Denver Nuggets. And we're over a halfway point through the year. And yet there's four teams, four, that are inside of the Western Conference that don't have 20 losses yet. And then there are also five teams in the Eastern Conference that don't don't have five losses yet. But obviously the 76ers are falling out right now because of the no Joel Embiid. For Jokic to win this award, the narrative is going to have to continue to be on his side. I think a lot of people felt last year after the season was over, when they went into the playoffs and Jokic went crazy, Jokic should have won the MVP award last year. And all the numbers, as somebody mentioned, the EPM numbers, the all the catch-all stats, the raw data, all of it said that Jokic was the best player in the world. But obviously, there's a lot of reason why he didn't win, namely because of three straight MVPs, not having made a finals, all that stuff. But Joker is kind of in a situation now where as good as Shea Gilgis Alexander is, he's not in the same class as Joker as an overall player. And I think also Giannis Antetokounmpo, who's also been really good, he's also having a difficult season uh, just because he's played 48 games. But y'all, the 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 Bucks have just not been a good basketball team. They're sitting at the three seed, but they're one in three since they got Doc Rivers. They're five and five in their last 10 games. They're nine and seven in their division. They're 24 and 12 on they're 24 and 12 in the conference. They are 12 and 12 on the road as well. And Giannis again has played really good, really spectacularly, but they're not winning enough games. And the defense has fallen off a cliff. So I think Jokic, if SGA and Jokic are vying for that number one seed for the rest of the season, and SGA, as well as he will play, continues to play at a high level, I think those are going to be your top two MVP finishers just because Luka, y'all, having a great year, but Luka's the A seed. And I think a lot of people are bringing up, well, why is it that Luka can't win as the A seed if Jokic and Westbrook won a six seeds? Well, again, Westbrook won averaging a 30-point triple-double that year. We didn't think we would see it. He led the league in PER. And then on and Kevin Durant had just left that roster, so we had the narrative as well. Uh, Jokic, when he won in 2022, Jokic did that without Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr., but then even the second-place runner-up in B was a fourth place in the Eastern Conference with just 51 wins as opposed to 48 wins for the Nuggets. And then on top of that, Joker had played more games that year. So even in those two seasons, there was a narrative, especially for Russ, but then basketball-wise, Jokic was like in a class of his own because he had to be to get the Nuggets to 48 wins in that year. He won 46 of those by himself that season. So I think SGA and Jokic are going to end up being the three-man race. I think Brunson actually is going to be another player that gets higher in this race as well just because right now the New York Knicks, it's very clear Jalen Brunson is the, ener- the energy and the engine behind that team. He's averaging 27 points, 3.9 rebounds, 6.5 assists. Now, 59.6 true shooting is not great. He's still shooting 48% from the field, 41% from three, and 83.5% from the line. Honestly, in many ways, if Jamal Murray had more volume on this roster, because Brunson, uh, he's currently taking uh, a good few more shots a game than he is. And then on top of that, I believe he's also getting to the free throw free throw line a little bit more than Jamal. So I think the thing is, is that Brunson can continue because he's going to have the narrative. He's in New York. And then on top of that, they might get as high as a second seed for the rest of the year. So I would say that it's going to come down to Jokic, SGA, Giannis, Brunson, and probably Tatum. But I think the two is going to be Jokic and SGA. 
And I do think that if Jokic just continues to do what he's doing now, and I'll talk about this in the third segment, I think it's going to be his to lose. But y'all, we're going to talk about the Denver Nuggets and why they've been so good so far this year, and even especially with Jamal Murray and Elida. We're going to talk about all that and more in segment three here, Locked On Nuggets. This show and episode is is sponsored by BetterHelp, and BetterHelp, man, is a it's a truly truly important thing for all of us, and I think. BetterHelp is really a big deal because I think all of us need therapy. And I'll be honest with y'all. Um, many of y'all know I play college football. And I actually thought about this before I came on the show. I found out today that one of my roommates in college, uh, one of my former teammates in college, uh, somebody that was, I played linebacker, he played linebacker. He was four years older than me. Uh, he actually passed away the other day. And don't know exactly what happened, but he was truly like a very nice person. Uh, he was a good dude. He was very welcoming. Uh, he was just very encouraging. And like when I came into the college program, you know, I was being hailed as the next big thing. And he was the all American linebacker and he never resented it at all. He always had my back, always supported me. And, uh, he was a good friend and, you know, he was obviously, you know, fairly young, you know, he's still in his thirties. Um, so sometimes like we all need to get stuff off our chest, like big or small. Uh, there are things in life that are obviously very heavy that can get to us. Um, and I think for all of us, therapy is a, can be different for all of us. Most of us have bigger problems than our favorite sports teams, and it's important to get things off your chest once in a while. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be flexible and it's suited to your schedule. So make sure y'all visit betterhelp.com slash LockedOnNBA to get a 10% off of your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash LockedOnNBA. We'll be right back for segment three, Locked On Nuggets. So, y'all, we are back for segment three here at Locked On Nuggets, y'all. And, y'all, <laughs> I don't know if y'all notice. Don't know if y'all notice. But I had to do some digging the other day because y'all know I like my stats and info. So, currently this year, the Denver Nuggets are sitting at 35 and 16. That's excellent. 35 and 16. So, they did this. They're doing this while also missing Jamal Murray for 14 games this year, which also is obviously a lot of basketball games. So the 35 and 16 on the year, the Nuggets are 21 and four at home so far this season. They're 14 and 12 on the road. And the Nuggets, they've been winning a lot of games this year. And so Nuggets, the Nuggets are 21 and nine in their last 30 games. That's a lot of wins. That's a lot of wins. That's over 67% of their games that they played recently that they've won. And that's one of the reasons why they're holding on where they are. They're 14 and six in their last 20. That's a 70% win percentage as well. And again, y'all, it ain't like they've just like been coasting through folks. They've beaten Boston, Golden State, Indy, Milwaukee, Philly, Indy. And then on top of that, They've beaten a few other people. They beat Memphis 142-105. They got some really impressive victories in there. But did y'all know that this season when Jamal Murray plays, the Denver Nuggets are on a 60-win pace. They're 27-10, and 10, which extrapolated over an 82-game sample size. They would be on pace to win 60 games this year with Jamal Murray in the lineup. That's important because that's even better than it was last season when they won 53 games, and y'all got to remember, eventually they got to a point where 
they were, I want to say they were 35 and 14 after the Memphis Grizzly win on March 3rd. Maybe it was a little bit higher than that. It actually might have been maybe 37 uh, and 15 or something like that, if I remember correctly. I can't remember. But some of this is, is that the Nuggets have just been able to kind of hide in the radar a little bit. Last year, when people watched the Nuggets, they were like, oh, we just don't think they're that good of a team. You know, they're a first seed, but they have Jokic, but Murray is not a great second option. Jokic can't play defense. MPJ, Gordon, KCP, Bruce, like, is that good enough? And so I think a lot of this is, is that we're in a situation where the Nuggets have, like, kind of been under the radar because their net rating is only a plus 4.7 per dunks and threes, which is one of my favorite sites to go to. And that net rating is currently rated at six. It's behind the Knicks, the Clippers, the Timberwolves, OKC, and Boston. The difference is, is that the Nuggets, when they have all their guys in a playoff setting, they were basically, I think, like a plus nine last season when they had everybody in the lineup, which is incredible. So the Nuggets are in a really interesting situation because I think that a lot of people are going to be very surprised once they turn up that they're just going to be in a little bit different place. In the half-court offense, they're, they're top 10 in half-court offense and half-court defense so far in the year, and their effective field goals has gone down. And I talked to Ryan Blackburn about this a little bit. If you look for dunks and threes at their offensive shooting, their effective field goal percentage has dropped to 10th on the year. 10th. They were number one for a large part of the season. Now, some of this is their offense has taken a step back over the last month, and their defense has kind of held firm. But a lot of the stuff that's happened is that the Nuggets have kind of, it's not that they're coasting because they're winning. But unless the situation calls for them to be great for three quarters or great for two and a half quarters or something like that, or even for four quarters, they just haven't put that together. But every time they face a quality team, even in the 76ers game where they're playing in, in Philly, they were in a good position to win the game. But they had different things that did not go their way. So the Nuggets, man, I think a lot of people are just, again, they're like a sleeping giant. Um, the Nuggets are getting to the rim a lot. They're fourth in the NBA in attempts at the rim. The Nuggets are really efficient from the mid-range area. Uh, they're currently slotted at number three in the NBA in terms of effectiveness from the mid-range area. And three-point percentage, the Nuggets are shooting 37% on the year. Again, that's also dropped as well. But the Nuggets aren't shooting a lot. They're only shooting 35% of their shot distribution from three, which is 29th in the NBA. I think I want people to pay attention to this. The teams that lead the NBA in three-point attempts, listen to this. Boston, they take 47% of their shots from three. You have Dallas, takes 45% of their shots from three. Memphis, 44. Sacramento, 40, 44. Golden State, 43. Milwaukee, 42. Brooklyn is 41.9. And then you got Cleveland, Utah, and then you got Atlanta. But the difference is, is that it's not that the Nuggets can't make the three-pointer. Now, they've been missing them a little bit lately, but the difference is, is that the Denver Nuggets don't rely on it near as much. They're actually attempting more shots at the rim, which in the, basically within a, a four-foot area to the rim, they're just not converting in the same way that they normally would. But I actually think a lot of this is going to be stuff that they carry over to the playoff that's like, we don't need to rely on a three. We can actually rely on our twos. When they beat the Bucks, they beat them because they beat them from the field. They didn't. They, scored, they got outscored by 36 points from three. When they beat the Celtics, the Celtics made more three-pointers. But again, they got more twos. A lot of the stuff for the Nuggets is what is most replicable is they're going to get wide-open three-point attempts, 
KTP, Murray, and and uh, Jokic, and MPJ are all going to be elite three-point shooters. And then you got Aaron Gordon, who's kind of floating. But Aaron Gordon, not elite three-point shooter. Peyton Watson, not elite three-point shooter. Reggie Jackson, not elite three-point shooter. And then obviously Christian Brown, not an elite three-point shooter. So some of this is just the way that their rosters are contrived, that they're just not always going to be able to make a lot of threes. But the difference is, is that when it comes to winning time, they're just going to be able to activate so many different things that they're able to do on a consistent basis just because that's how they play basketball. And also, if you look at the lineup data for the Denver Nuggets, this is probably the thing that also continues to tell the story and why when we talk about the trade deadline stuff, they're going to be looking at players that can help them do what they want to do. Currently, among five-man units, the Denver Nuggets have played 647 minutes with their starting five. Their starting five has a plus 13.5 net rating. They have a 112.3 defensive rating on the year, and they have a 125.8 offensive rating. So basically, they've been spectacular. They've been spectacular throughout this season, and especially when it comes to the clutch, man. They're the best clutch team in the league. They got the best defense in the clutch by a pretty wide margin this season. So Jamal Murray's healthy. They are on a 60-win pace. They have one of the best five-man net ratings in the league. They got one of the best defensive rotation of wings in AG, KCP, Peyton, and Christian in the NBA, the best player in the NBA. And then I think from a cohesion standpoint, from coaching on down to the culture, they're really just locked in. And so 35 and 16 on the year, and they're pacing to win 56 games and outdo last year's performance. So it's going to be really exciting to see how the rest of the year goes, y'all. But y'all, make sure when you go to Apple and you go, make sure you you like, share, and subscribe this on YouTube. Leave us a five-star review on Apple. That stuff really means a big deal. It helps more people to be able to listen to Locked On Nuggets. We'll have more content coming to you tomorrow. NBA trade deadline is Thursday, y'all. I will see y'all on the other side.